This week's guest is Lene Oxley Loop. She's not only a great pit master, she has a line of barbecue rubs that'll knock your socks off and has been all over the Food Network on several of their different shows. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. We have a guest today that is a caterer, a barbecue pitmaster, a chef. She owns product. Um, she is a multiple-time TV show personality, a guest, uh, a, um, a contestant. It can go on and on. I'd like to introduce everybody, Lene Oxley-Loop. Say hello, Lene. Hey, David. How you doing? Happy New Year to you, my friend. Thank you. We appreciate it. And thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy, busy day to sit and chat with us and talk. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, this is a treat. This is really cool. I'm a big fan of yours, and uh, it's kind of really a lot of fun to talk to my hero. So thanks well, a lot. I appreciate I, it. I, I appreciate it, and I'm honored, and I'm humbled. Let's tell everybody where you're at right now. Where where do you where do you live? So um, currently I live in Battleground, Washington. Say, say that, that again. Is, say that again. Val- I'm sorry. Yeah, so I live in Battleground, Washington, Battleground. which is about okay. 30 30- yeah, Battleground, which is about 30 minutes north of Portland, Oregon. So a lot of people don't know where this is, that little area is. It's kind of like a little town in the middle of a big state. Uh, so I just, I picked the closest town of closest city, which is Portland. And uh, so this is considered the Portland, greater Portland area. Okay. Let's tell everyone a little bit about your barbecue pedigree or cooking pedigree or mm-hmm. food pedigree. Whatever you want to do, whatever, however far back you want to go. Lay it on us. Well, I've cooked professionally most of my life. I mean, I started when I was about 16 and got into cooking and prep cooking and kind of worked my way around the kitchen and got up from there and decided I wanted to make a career out of it. I've tried to get away from the food service industry, and it it sort of brought me back again and again and again. I decided at some point I was just going to stick with it and learn and grow and travel and learn and eat and grow and et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, that's pretty much what I've been doing, uh, most of my life. And, um, I get inspired by my travels, people I meet, things that I eat, books, I read, uh, things online, videos, movies, documentaries, et cetera. Of course, talking to people. And, um, so, you know, in 2006, I started, uh, really getting into barbecue. I was introduced from, uh, for a, a, into barbecue uh, by a, a very, very close friend of mine who was into barbecue competitions. And uh, I just, I, I kind of started to talk with him a little bit and, and uh, he and I got very close and, and I, and he, you know, I just joined him at a barbecue contest at one point and this was in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Portland. And, um, and I, I just had a blast. I, it was great. Cause you know, here I'm coming from a chef background, culinary background, uh, seeing what he's doing on his barbecue pits. Uh, in a contest format, and this was early on, 2006, and um, and having a you know just looking and going, you know what, I can do this better than he can, and so <laughs> and it was off to the races at that point, and I uh, went out there, got a, some tables and a canopy and a couple of cookers, and then I was and then it was all over but the crying, and it's just been it's been amazing ever since, and uh, I did competition pretty much hardcore up until about 2014 retired and then um decided to, to to kind of run sugars as a business rather than competition i'd pretty much done what i wanted to do in competition uh i had no more dogs in the hunt at that point and 
and uh, and it's been a business. So, uh, you know, currently I'm doing a bunch of catering, doing uh, some restaurant consulting. I've got a product line out. Uh, I teach barbecue classes to backyard barbecuers. And uh, so it's it's my life. I mean, I eat it, breathe it. I, I live it. I talk to people. I travel around. And I just love it. It's just it's it's become in a, in a, an amazing part of my life. And uh, it's it's uh, I'm just I couldn't ask for anything better. You know, I when I was younger, if you asked me if I thought if I was going to be doing this, you know, this late in the, in the game in my life, I don't think I I don't know. I, I'd probably say probably not. But I'd be definitely doing something around culinary. That's for sure. You know, you'd said your team name or your yeah your mm-hmm. team name. Um, tell everyone again because you just kind of blurted out there real quick. What, what what is your what was your competition team name? So I started out locally as Pants on Fire Barbecue, and that was a Portland, Oregon thing, and uh, that that lasted about six months, and then I changed my name to Sugar's Barbecue, and it's been Sugar's Barbecue since since then. And uh, you know, as I got wanting to be more serious in competition barbecue. Cause I thought, you know what, this is kind of a cool thing. I'm meeting some people, I'm cooking, I'm having a good time, throwing some stuff on the fire and seeing where it lands in the, in the hands of judges. Uh, maybe I could walk away with a trophy or maybe a check or something. Um, I looked at downrange a little bit and I looked at the possibility of going into something in a retail environment. Maybe I can get a sauce out there. Maybe I can get some seasonings whatever. And pants on fire decided, you know, I thought at that point pants on fire was a little bit, uh, a little bit more kitschy. Maybe people thought it might, it might be spicy and it was just, it didn't have the retail, uh, inviting nature that the name sugars did. And so I decided to change it to sugars and it's been sugars ever since. I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. When you said pants on fire, that's the first thing I would have thought of something heat, something hot, something, Something that burn you up. So I, that was exactly. a good move. Yeah. Good move. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, when you're into competition barbecue and, you know, you've seen, you've, you know, been competing for a long, long time and you see these teams and some of these teams have some really cool, you know, really very uh, creative names. Sometimes they're a little less than PC. Sometimes they're just fun. They're, they're play on words. And, um, and I was kind of getting to be more serious in this. I wanted to be, known as a barbecue I wanted to have something that could travel with me that could be recognized uh, immediately. And uh, once I started to get a name for myself and uh, sugar's just stuck in, and that was that. So um, it's been a good run so far. I can't complain. So when you were cooking the competitions, were you a one person team or was, or was there more of a team aspect in it? Yeah, I use the team very, uh, the term team very loosely. I was a one woman team. Okay. I set up, I, you know, I would, unpack my trailer set up by myself every once in a while i had some help you know some guys would come over and help me set up a canopy and tables and stuff but uh i would do all the prep all the seasoning uh i would do every all the cooking uh sleep next to my pits i'd run the boxes in i'd clean up and i'd go home and this i was just by myself that's what i was doing and um so there wasn't any of the distractions you know with like some of the you know having more people on my team um, it was, it was, I was able to concentrate and the party was happening at the team next door. Uh, yeah. and they were getting all drunk and they were falling over and, and crashing into their barbecue pits. And I had my eyes on the prize. I was able to really concentrate on what I was doing. So, uh, it just, it's been one person. And then, you know, a few years, kind of about a couple years into it. Um, I decided, you know what, this is getting real tiring. I'm not really having much in the way of fun anymore. So I brought some, uh, a, a one person onto my team and, 
and, uh, you know, was teaching them a little bit of what I was doing. And then it just became the two of us. And when I would travel around, you know, maybe one other, two other people would join up or something like that. So it would just lighten the load a little bit. But in terms of the, the food aspect of what I was doing, the recipes, the methodologies, um, my flavor profiles, that was all me. The way I build my boxes, that was pretty much in charge of that whole thing. I like what you said there with your, your eye on the prize. That is, mm -hmm. and when you're a one person, you can be a, even have a spouse and have a two person, but there still needs to be the one person that will make that decision that will say, no, we need to do it this way. I feel this is the way the food needs to be going. Um, you can have a back and forth. You can banter it all around. You can, you can throw the, the leftover ribs against the wall, whatever your way of wording it out. But ultimately there still needs to be someone that'll say, this is the way. And by leaving it into yourself, you got to look at your recipes, your method, your times, your controls. I didn't like this. I did like this. But I'm going to tell you, I also enjoy having my brother, my wife, one of them to say, do you feel we're getting too much of, of X or too much of that? Um, because sometimes I get, I don't want to say it, but it's fact. I, I, I stereotype my food and I really get one-sided on it. And I, I get to concentrating on one thing and forget about something else. Did you ever feel that that happened being by yourself? Yeah. I, on occasion, you know, and you've experienced this too. After a while, you can't taste your own food and you, yeah. you, you have a hard time because you're used to your same flavor profiles. You used to, you know, but, but but what I would do, and I and and, and I'll and I'll preface this by saying, there are a lot of teams out there that is they're they're like a pit crew. I mean, they're 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 you know four categories. They'll have three or four people on the team. One person is in charge of ribs. One person is in charge of chicken, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody has their strengths. So that one person can concentrate on that one meat. They don't have to divide their attention and knowledge it by four. You know what I mean? And so, oh, yeah. and, and some of these, some of these teams are just doing, they're, they're going, they're kicking some serious butt out there. And, but I wasn't, that wasn't part of what I was doing. I didn't have the access to that. Um, I was very much, and I, and, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I'll admit it. I mean, I was kind of a control freak and, and part of what I was, because I had my, I was very purposeful with what I was doing in terms of, how I would blend the wood, how I would mix the charcoal up, the the times and temperatures that I would do, how much moisture I was putting in the meat. Um, you and I spoke uh, very, very early on. You, uh, One of the things that I loved about working with you, David, and, and getting advice from you is I'd call you up and, and I'd have a problem and you would just address it and, and give me some hint, hints and pointers and, and that sort of thing. And, of course, with your product line, I mean, very, very early on, you were a huge, huge help with the development of what I was doing uh, competitively on the circuit. And, and so um, to try to share that and, and try to explain to somebody else what you're looking for uh, when they don't have any experience. Um, and, you know, that was a little bit challenging. So I thought it might be just easier to just be this lone wolf out there and, you know, have my own timeline and, and not have to be distracted with, with all the other stuff going on because Surrounding the thing about the Northwest is is that the the season's very truncated. It's a very short season. There aren't, at least at that point, there weren't a ton of teams out here. So we would all compete against each other like week in, week out, 
and everybody was involved with their own team. So it wasn't a whole lot of extra people, you know, looking for teams to land on. Yeah. And so even if I did want some extra people on the team, they were kind of hard to come by. And um, so I just went about it by myself, but I agree with you. I mean, in terms of, 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 you know, having something that you think, you know, you're looking for somebody else's opinion. Hey, is this too salty? Is this, too mush. I mean, you know, getting some feedback in some capacity is it's very important. It's very important. Let's be real, Lene. Um, if it had been for me or been for you or been for anyone else, I just don't know at that point when we were both younger in our careers of cooking and wanting that control, if anybody else would have passed the interview process. Let's let's call it what it is. <laughs> you know what? I think you're right. I mean, when you when you know, and and you get a taste for this, right? You get this really good taste in your mouth. And I'll explain what I'm saying. You go to a contest and you put out meat, and then you 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 get a call, and then you get another call, and you're like, you know what? This is cool. I like this. Um, I'm doing something right. And then you go to another contest and you hear your name again. And then you go to another contest and you hear your name again. And, you, and then you're like, all right, this is cool. This is consistent. And I know I've got this dialed in at this point in time and I need to work on these other two meats or three meats or whatever it is. And, um, and then you, you have your program and you hear that word a lot. I mean, back in the day when I was just beginning, you hear that word program, you've got your program. This is what you do. This is how you trim your meat. This is where you buy your meat. This is how, how many days before you cook your meat, you buy this meat and you age it. And all these things, these, these intricate things that you do, to customize what you're going to do for the final product. And um, I remember back in the day with some of the ingredients I was using, a lot of people out here were using fab and uh, as an injection. And that stuff is like motor oil. It's just black. I mean, back in the day it was. And I found you, and I'll be honest with you, I was using your products, your injections, your beef injections, your pork injections way, way early on. And I was hitting these, these, I was winning, I was winning and I was winning and I was winning and, and it was just, and I was using this thing and I wanted to share and spread the love, but I wanted to keep that secret to myself <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yep. I didn't want anybody to know, but it was sort of this catch 22, right? So, so going back to what you were just saying, would anybody pass interview? Probably not, David, probably not because I was like, all right, I've got this, I've got this program. And I'm continuing to learn and I'm eating somebody else's barbecue and I'm like, nah, that's not me. It's, there's too much pepper on there, whatever it was. I like my profile. And if I was having some problems, I bring it to somebody and say, Hey, these ribs are too dry. They're not, they're too tough. What, what am I doing wrong? And they would give me some constructive criticism and I'd go off to the races. And then, but the whole common denominator of the entire thing was that I was by myself controlling what I was able to control without having to split my time and my attention between something else. And I was getting diverted from that. So for me, it worked out. Yeah. That's not to say with other people, it worked out because I was kind of envious of other teams. They were partying and drinking and having a good old time and falling over and stuff. And I thought that was really cool. But then on game day, these guys were throwing up in a garbage can next door to me and here I was I wasn't missing any timelines and these guys were scrambling for two hours getting their ribs done you know what I mean having to having to, to play God with their ribs and hoping that the, the judges would like it and so I felt more control and so for me that it, it was just it worked out 
I mean, that was my happy place. That was what worked out for me. Yeah, with competition going on, most of the teams are gathered up in more of a barbecue centralized state, a city, an area, region, mm-hmm. or travel from mm-hmm. three or four states and can hit right one to five contests a month. It's irrelevant as far as that, but you being way up there in the oh, yep. northwest section of the United States, how hard was it for you to find a contest weekend, week out, or month in, month out, especially with the weather? That you felt you could keep climbing the barbecue stature ladder, uh, ladder or whatever. That's it. That's something you know. I've talked with a lot of contestants, and I've talked to them about how do they perfect their rubs or how do they do their recipes. But you've got an element that none of us have had to ever deal with. Tell us about that. So, yeah, you know, you you have. Sure. In the Northwest, I mean, there are more competitions out here now than there ever have been before. Um, but the, 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 the regional association is the Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association, Pacific North, the PNWBA. Um, back in the day, that was it. There was one other association, um, the, uh, the WBBQA, the Western Barbecue Association, and that was kind of a short-lived association. They dissolved. Uh, KCBS was definitely known and they had one or two contests out here and then that was it. So it wasn't like Kansas city where you could throw a stone in any one direction in the summertime and hit a contest. Yep. Uh, you, you, if you wanted to compete in this region, you had to do one of two things or com- or continue to rip, uh, compete and hone your skill. You had to not only go to every contest that was out here, which means time off of work and travel and lodging and that whole thing. If you have the money to support that, uh, and, and then travel some more, uh, you know, go out to the Midwest where there were more competitions, where the weather was a little bit more fair, or go down South of Texas or go into Arizona, California, where there's a lot more competition, uh, and be able to travel that and then, and, 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 and gain some perspective on different flavor profiles that they were, they were uh, that the judges are searching for there that was that were hitting and um, and then uh, and get and then bringing that knowledge back to the Northwest in the following season and then just competing as much as you can. So you just try to compete as much as you can. I mean, I would compete in in uh, in, uh, in Seattle, uh, Idaho, Montana, all over Portland or, you know, all over Oregon. Every once in a while, I tried to go down into Northern California if there was a contest. Occasionally, I would go into um, into uh, uh, into uh, Vancouver, bit British Columbia, and and do some contests there. Those guys are great for contests. Really enthusiastic uh, at barbecuers. Uh, Canadians are uh, just unbelievably good, skilled, um, and um, so I would just you know what I would just try to pick as many contests contests as I could. And if I could if I could win enough money at one contest to support the next contest, then I was that was it. I mean, I would get home on a Sunday and I would pack, clean out my trailer, wash all my dishes, repack the trailer, make sure I had enough charcoal, start buying my meat and set up for the next weekend and be gone on the next weekend. And, uh, and you know, that's what I was doing. That's what I was going to say is in your peak of when you were really hitting competitions hard, how many did you try to do a year? Uh, well, I did as many as I could. So that my, the, the probably between 21 and 26. Okay. And for me at that time, and for me at that time, 
that was that was that was every weekend during the season. Now, of course, I wasn't catering at that point. I had my day job, you know, my full time day job that I was working. And so, uh, if I could if I could trade off days off so that I was I had the weekends off. Um, that was I was working in the retail environment, chef environment. So, you know, usually weekends you're working. So if I could switch schedules with some people and you know have them do me a favor, and I would do them a favor or something, maybe skip a, a contest one weekend to try to cover up somebody else's shift that was helping me. Uh, I would try to hit as many as I could. So yeah, I mean, up to about 26 a year was okay. what I was doing a, a season. Uh, so, and that's nothing compared to what other people do in the, in the country. No, no. I said last year I was cutting back. I said, I might only do 2025 then. And I think, yeah. I don't even know. I did, I think 15 to 20 and I cut back then. So yeah, your competition that led into what next product or the catering? Do you feel feel? No, it was the, so the, the the competition. So here's how here's how the timeline went. At some point, the, the, the John Marcus at and uh, the the executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters, um, those those guys, he, and then then the, uh, the casting crew, the casting directors, and stuff. They kind of been if over the course of a, a couple of seasons, they were. Getting, trying to get in a hold of me, and they were kind of trying to sort of reach out to me to see if I'd be interested in doing some television shows. And uh, and 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 uh, in the in the summer of 2013, I agreed. I thought my skill level was there, and I decided to get on a television show uh, to go on Barbecue Pitmasters. That was my first foray into the television world. Um, at that point, when that show aired, um, it Sugars went started going from a hobby slash competition-y type of thing to a business. Like it started to morph into more business because people were watching me. They wanted to book me for cooking ribs and briskets and stuff for their anniversaries and birthday parties and holiday parties. And then it was off. Then it just e evolves from there. I so hope the evolution. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a local local celebrity out here, so to speak, and they're like, "Hey, we know who she is, and she's Sugar's Barbecue, and she's in Portland. We're gonna we're gonna see if she can cater our birthday party." And then it's you know how that goes. I mean, it just spirals from there, and it's and it's been a, and it's been it evolved to a business. And in 2011 is when it really like started to become a business and. Uh, I really started to kind of work at, at evolving the business. The product line didn't come out until, you know, a year or two ago. So okay. that, that was kind of the evolution. of. So the evolution of your business, uh, TVs, and we all know that helps. There's absolutely no mm -hmm. doubt about that. Um, did yep. you actually set your business up as a business or did you, let's be real, at first always let's just run from the seat of our britches and, and, Let's let's take a few caterings. Let's take a few uh, backyard parties. Put it in my pocket. Live on it for a day or two, and and buy food for the next one that called. Or did you just yep. kind of do it that from from the beginning? Like, uh, let's be real. Probably ninety eight percent of everybody. Yeah, no, it wasn't a business at all. I mean, I was doing, uh, you know, I, I I tried to I tried to like uh, categorize it as you know, I went to my tax guy and I was like, hey, this is just kind of a hobby. And it's a hobby because at that point it was still a hobby. And it's still yeah, a legal I would do description some, of hobby. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could do a hobby and still take deductions off of it, at least at that time. And, uh, you know, if, if you sell a couple of things, great, that's perfect. If you, if you're going to 
a contest and you're paying money as an entry fee to a contest and you win some money on that contest, that's earned income. But that, 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 all that, that, that entry fees and cost of, you know, your products and things like that to support that contest, you win some money that, that you can write that off. And so, um, so that, that's what I was doing at that point. And so it wasn't, was it a business in as a real business? No. It was a hobby. Not yet. I not was. Yet. I certainly was not making money doing it. I was. Yeah. It was. A, it was kind of supporting itself at that point, and um, the payouts out here really weren't huge at that point in time. And so I wasn't really making. You don't really make money doing this. At least I wasn't. So you. You know, like I said, I mean, if you're able to get gas money and and you know and meet money for the next round, and of course I wasn't buying. You know huge, you know, gigantic, you know, high-end briskets and, and really kind of designer pork. And I was just buying stuff at, you know, Restaurant Depot or Cash and Carry or something yeah, like that yeah. as, be- as the best I can find at that point. And, um, and then, uh, you know, and then it becomes, then you're like, okay, I'm making some money doing this now. I really, this needs to be legit. And so then you start getting yourself as a DBA or you get yourself as an LLC or, or, you know, a sole prop or something like that. And that's kind of the direction I went. So then okay. it was like a real, it was a real business at that point. Huh? Okay. So it went, uh, comp cooking TV, mm-hmm. then kind of, I'd say catering pretty well. I'd say you, you did yeah. a lot of more, yeah. yeah, a lot of catering. Did the catering yeah. kind of take the place of when the competitions were slowing down for you? You said, I'm just going to concentrate on this. I'm going to put a little bit more Jack in my back pocket and enjoy what well, I've already uh, reaped. Yeah. I, you know, when here's, here's how I worked it. It, when I could get hired to do a couple of caterings on a weekend and I could bring in $1,500, 2000 bucks in a weekend, or I could go try to chase ribbons and trophies uh, speculative, <laughs> you know, I could Spend try to take my chances on, on it. Exactly. Yeah, I could, exactly. You pull out of your driveway and at that, at that time for me here, I was, you know, 800 bucks in the hole when I pulled out of my driveway, uh, to head to a contest and, or I could go and stay local and I could make 1500, 2000 bucks in a weekend. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and miss this contest and I'm going to make some money because Trophies and rimmage are great, but they're not paying my bills. And, you know, and the, the more I did it, the more I kind of got a taste for the, the, the catering and the money, the money making potential of it. And the more the word got out and I, I and then the phone started ringing and ringing and ringing. And, uh, you know, every once in a while when I could, I would try to do a contest, uh, especially with people. Cause at that point when I would do a contest, I'd have a, a group of people I would compete, compete with because, I was there to have fun. I was there to try to see where my food would land and see, you know, but I, I didn't have that, that, that like huge drive that, you know, that I, that I had when I was in 2010, 2011, that I was really gunning for a lot of things when I got the majority of the, my, my uh, grand champion titles and, and reserve grand champion titles. That was my heyday of sugars barbecue as far as a competition team. And then in 2014, uh, that was the time. That was pretty much the last contest that I did was in 2014. Um, okay. And uh, I've, I've been retired ever since from competition. And um, every once in a while, I'll go out to a competition, just hang out with my, my friends and stuff. And, uh, you know, earlier this summer, I did a, I traveled to, the, to, to Maryland, and there was a contest that was in North Carolina. I was helping a team that I had sponsored uh, uh, from Sugar's Barbecue, my products. They were doing just, they were just killing it out there. And uh, we traveled to North Carolina, and I decided I was going to do the 
brisket category, and I don't think I came in like third place brisket uh, in North Carolina. I was like, oh, at least my brisket still hits. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, you know, so, but, I, but yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I said so. You did the barbecue pit masters. You did mm-hmm. a couple. Couple. We did a couple seasons of those. What? Other- yes, we did, David. <laughs> yes, we did. That's right. Yes. Um, the first season, and I'll just say it like it is, they ran our tails off going from one state to another state, from oh one city God. to another city. And I think it ran their tails off, too. I think they learned a lot on how to run that show. Um, but then we all ended up down south side of Austin, um, had a fun contest. Uh, I love that setting they had set up down there. That was really in my opinion, I thought the easiest one to to facilitate with, to do with, because um, no matter what, we nobody was that far from the site. Um, it was really no. a good setup. Okay, barbecue pit masters done. We know we know the history of that. Everybody's still watching those on TV. What other? TV you know what? Shows? You know what, David? They What's are that? they are watching those things, and I, I have know. people that they have. I have people to this day. You know, I was on I was on two two seasons, right? Yep. 2013 it was season five. 2015 was season seven, All Stars. Yep. Uh, and uh, people still reference those those shows. They're still showing them. And and I'll be honest with you, how many people that have come up to me and have said, you know what, I got into barbecue because of those shows. Like oh, I got cool. into competition barbecue. And then, and then it became a business for them too. So, you know, that was kind of the granddaddy of barbecue shows, reality barbecue shows. And, um, that has influenced so many people. And you've heard that story from people that have come to you and, uh, you interact with way more people than I do in, in the barbecue world. And it's, it's, it's just amazing. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that really influenced a lot of people. And so, uh, from a business standpoint, I get lots of business from that show. It's been amazing. And uh, I may not have won those shows. I came damn close to it. But, <laughs> boy, I, I've made my money the hard way, you know, <laughs> in the other, in the, on the backside of it. So Yeah, those shows were so popular. I can remember I, know. I was standing at the a cash register at a box store, big box national chain up here, well, nationwide. And I was standing there just checking out, just had stuff. I don't even know what it was gentleman come up behind me um pretty buff looking dude um burr haircut (laughs) and he walks right up close to me and i'm kind of half turned around and i'm like well all right i'm gonna turn around see who this dude is and i turn around to look at him and he's just looking i mean eye to eye and i'm like what is going on here (laughs) and he looks at me and he's just staring at me and he says hey i got a question for you and i said yes sir (laughs) He says, are you the dude that's off the TV show, The Pitmasters? And I said, yes, sir. I kind of thought that's what was going on, but I didn't know. He says, man, I'm real glad. He says, I want you to know. He said, I'm a cop and everything. And he says, it sure is nice to recognize somebody for something else. (laughs) 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 Uh, I I get recognized all over the place. I travel and I get recognized at airports and everything. And the first thing somebody says is like, man, we were going for you. We were rooting for you and this and that. And, uh, you know, and, and, and they asked me questions and they want to take a thick picture. And you know what? That's awesome. I mean, if I could, if, 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 if I could make somebody's day, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. And people yeah. have shared with me over the years with barbecue. And if I could share with them then, and make it, make them happy. And 
and answer questions or whatever, then I'm all for it, man. I'm, this is this is just cool. It's all about give back. Yeah, you know? I think it was cool when you said um, that you talked to people that that influenced them and they started cooking and started a business yep. due to that yep. show. That is so yep. cool. I wouldn't have thought of that, but I guarantee you there's probably more than just that out there. But yeah. All right. Yeah. What yeah. other TV shows have you been on? I know there's been some nice big ones, some worldwide publicized shows. Tell us about a couple of them. Sure. So uh, after Pitmasters, uh, I was I ended up doing two seasons, uh, two episodes of Chopped, which oh. was a lot of fun because that took me away from barbecue. Well, one of them was a part of the gold medal games um, tournament, and that was a uh, segmented. Uh, episode of or several episodes of Chopped. Uh, that was a grill. They had it was a gold medal games, and then they would have a baking portion and a grilling portion, and then a, a couple other portions. And then the winners from each of those shows came in and the, to the final four, and then they would go after each other. Uh, I ended up winning winning my grant my uh, grilling episode, so I, I'm a I'm a Chopped champion, and then went to the finale, and ended up in the finale of the finale, and then ended up second place. I have this sort of rhythm that I end up second place a lot of these in a lot of these shows. Uh, and then I went to a another chopped episode, which was a um, what they call redemption episode, which they took runners up from previous tournament champion tournaments, put them up against each other, and again I made it to the finals, and again I finished second place. And uh, so that was fun. And what was cool about Chopped was it took me away from live fire cooking a little bit because I am a trained chef. I am, uh, I've got a, a, a vast culinary knowledge, both an application and knowledge itself. And I'm able to demonstrate a little bit more skill rather than just putting something over fire or whatever. Not that that is easy. It isn't. But I'm able to go, my, you know, prove myself as a chef that, you know, and, and pull some really cool culinary skill and some some knowledge out of my hat uh, and, and to demonstrate that. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then most recently I was on Barbecue Brawl that was filmed in Austin. And uh, that was a lot of fun. It aired this uh, past year. And um, so that was a, a, it was a tournament style show. I was on three episodes, um, Chris Lilly and uh Amy Mills and Mo Kason were the judges of that show. And uh, the contestants were myself and Leanne Whippen, uh, Phil Johnson, um, Kevin Bloodsoe, Tuffy Stone was on that show. Uh, and um, Joe Pierce from Slaps in Kansas City was on that show. Uh, and uh, Carrie Pringle from, uh, from Peg Lake Porkers was on that show. It was a lot of us. And then Susie Bullock, who was a, basically, she's an Instagram star, she was on that show. So it was a bunch of us on there cooking barbecue live fire style, very similar to how they did Pitmasters. Uh, cool setup in a open air ranch, Texas ranch style setting. Very, very cool. Uh, lots of fire and flames. And then, uh, of course, Bobby Flay and Michael Simon were a big, huge draw. Big, big part of that show. It was kind of their show. Um, and uh, it was awesome. I made it three episodes on that show, and then I got kicked off. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I just have, I mean, anytime that I'm given the opportunity to go out and be on TV, I absolutely love doing it. I love cooking in front of cameras. I love yucking it up with other contestants in front of cameras. And then, you know, uh, I'm, I'm so proud to show Sugar's Barbecue in a national stage. It's just, it's, it's, it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So out of the, let's say three styles of shows, um, mm -hmm. 
we had done the Pitmasters and the All Stars. Yep. We had done them. You had done them. Out of the other two, which one would you say is your favorite format? I mean, because are they formatted about like they always was with us with all those other shows? Did you have the pre-meetings? Did you have to remember on that one set of series? Is we we had to meet like at a hotel before we went to the site, then they would let you come in and set up your stuff. Um, I know you didn't have to do all that, but did you, did you get to walk around and see the contestants or was it as closed door as they tried to keep it? It was as closed door as they tried to keep it. Um, well, with Chopped, it's interesting because it, that's filmed in an enclosed studio, at least the ones that I was on. Uh, it was filmed in an enclosed studio in, uh, in, in New York City. It's in actually in, in East Harlem, New York City. It's a big building, and they ha- they occupy a huge, great big floor of that bu- building, and that's where they film chopped. And so it's all enclosed. Uh, you meet your contestants for the first time at like four in the morning, the morning of the filming. It's a one day filming, and then they escort you from there to to this meeting site to to the actual studio itself. You don't meet at the studio. You get escorted to the studio it's a couple of blocks of, of walking and then, um, then you're off with handlers and everybody's sort of suiting you up and miking you up. And then they give you a little tour of the studio itself. And they leave a lot of things as a, as a surprise. And because they want you to be excited, they want you to be nervous. They want you to be just blown away by, by the, by the, by the magnitude of it all. And so that was chopped and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, you don't hang out with the judges. You, you don't really hang out with each other. It, it, they keep everybody very separated um, because they want that edginess from each contestant. You know, they want you focused on what you're doing. In there, uh, did you get a did you get a chance to tour the the their kitchen to see their pantry? Yes. To, okay, yeah. so you had a rough idea of what was in there. Yeah. Where if if I got pork, I got an idea. I might be able to do this because I know all this is setting over there. Yeah, so, and I can't speak for everybody, but the way that I approached that show was was this. I mean, I hadn't really watched Chopped that much, because I don't really watch TV that much at all. But when I got picked to go on that show, I binge-watched Chopped for, like, 36 episodes nonstop. And I took down notes, and I I would test myself with that show. In other words, like, I would I would watch that and then get to the point where the basket ingredients would be revealed and I'd push pause and I'd give myself 60 seconds to figure out what I was going to do with those basket ingredients. And then I'd watch the rest of the show and I would do that at each stage of the game. So I was prepping myself for what I would do, you know, here, I'm going to make a taco out of this. I'm going to do a frittata out of this or what have you not really knowing what was in the, 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 the pantry itself at the, at the chopped studio. Um, and, uh, and, and, and what kind of equipment they had in the kitchen. Cause in, in the show, you really can't see it. So it's, it's very, very fast. You're not really, you're, you're watching the, the chefs do their thing. You're not really seeing what's in the, in the, in the kitchen itself. When we got on set, they give you a tour. They have a culinary team. The team will take you around uh, and show you all the equipment, where they, where it is. If it's a, it, like how to use the ice cream machine, how to use the blast chiller, where the, this is, where that is. And you're taking mental notes. What's in the refrigerator, what's in the freezer, how your station is set up. Um, and the only thing you're allowed to bring uh, is like a, a knife roll, and you're about, allowed to bring about seven different kinds of knives. That's it. Wow. No, no thermometers, no scissors, no it's nothing else, no string, nothing else. You're, and that's it. You're able to bring a knife roll, and that's it. That's it. So, um, so by the time you're off to the races, 
you have an idea of what's in that pantry. You know where things are. It's a very, very large room. Uh, your station is very small and it, you're just, it's like, you're just going. So if you can make, and, and I always tell people the hardest part of that show is the first segment, the appetizer portion. Uh, because if you could make it through the appetizer portion, so that's 20 minutes, and you can make it through the appetizer portion, then your nerves are calmed down a little bit, but, you're, but you're, your energy level is up. You know where things are. You know how long it takes to get from the kitchen where your kitchen station is to the refrigerator and back. So it's, you know where the bowls are, where the pans are, how hot the oven is, et cetera, et cetera. So you're really able to concentrate on what you're going you're gonna to do. Now, as far as going in and prepping with what you're going to make, you know, you know, you, there's a certain thing that you can do with the ingredients for an appetizer round. You know, 20 minutes, you don't have a lot of time. So you've got to go get your ingredients. You've got to prep. You've got to, you've got to, you know, and 20 minutes is 20 minutes. Like, yeah, it's, it's not 21 quick. minutes. It really is. It's, it's very fast. So the same thing with the, with the dessert round, the same thing with the, uh, the entree round, 30 minutes on each, each of those segments. So the short answer is, is that you, you, you have an idea of what you're going to make uh, before you get there. Okay, if I get to the entree round, I'm going to try and make a stew or I'm going to try and make a pasta dish or I'm going to try and make this. Uh, and then using the ingredients that are in the basket, uh, you know, if you get nuts, it's going to be a crust. If you get some sort of gummy bear or lollipop or some sort of liquidy type ingredient, that's going to be melted into a sauce or a glaze or, a, or something like that. You know, if you, you know, in, in that sort of, you prep yourself for what you're going to do in the instance you get a certain item out of the, 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 the basket. And you don't see the basket until you're ready to go. I mean, it's not like that you are a preview of the basket. Uh, that is a very, very secretive thing, even to the people that are on that show. Um, they keep those things under, under, under a very tight lock and key. So and then uh, the same the, the same in the dessert round, you know, it's like I wanted to do my my dessert round. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do these really quick donuts. You know, I've got a fryer, access to a fryer, and they, they take, you know, two minutes to make, four minutes to cook, start to finish, and I can knock it out, and then I can concentrate on doing some other stuff with whatever basket ingredients I've got. Yeah. So that's that's how I approach those, those shows, at least with Chopped. That was great. So, uh, so is everything filmed in one day? It's not like what we had to deal with where there was a, a two-day filming. The second day was always the outserts or anything? No. Yeah, no, it's, it's one day. It's, it's, it's a very, very long day. And I'll, and I'll let you in on this. Um, you start early in the morning. You meet up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. You are on set by 6 o'clock, and you are suited up, and you are cooking – by eight o'clock in the morning pretty quick and when you see because the thing is they and the the, the cookie it's funny <laughs> the setup takes forever you know how tv is yeah. uh, you've done a couple of these things already the setup takes longer than the actual action itself and um because here you know we're we're all ready to cook we're there we're all chefs we're all ready to go we want to just get the eyes on the prize let's go let's just let's off to the races and they've got to move tables around and and redo cameras and these guys are running around this is what they do every single day so it's not it's a little different than how you and i experienced it one because we were out in the field and so we had lights and helicopters and sound and all the other stuff that they had to contend with wind and rain and all the rest of that stuff this is an enclosed environment there's nothing else going on in this environment at all so but these guys do this day in day out 
Uh, but it's an all-day filming. So when you see that show and you see the two fina- finalists that go in the dessert round, those guys have been there for a- about 12 hours at that point. And they restock the pantry every time, don't they? They do. Yeah, there's certain things that they do not refill, certain things that they will stylize the pantry to uh, you know, to help dessert. with certain yeah. the dessert, they'll add a little bit more things here and there, maybe a little bit more liquid cream or something like that. Yeah. But Twinkies. Uh, and then if it's yeah, and if it's a <laughs> if it's a thematic yeah, exactly. If it's a thematic show, like one show I just watched, it was brunch, and then I'm sure that they have like extra eggs and things like that, you know, because they, they're not going to expect four people to split one carton of eggs kind of thing. So they do help you a little bit in that respect, but um, there are things that do not get replaced in the pantry. Uh, you know, tortillas, like, you know, they start today the with one pack of tortillas, flour, one pack of tortillas, corn, and when those guys get used up, that's it, they're used up. Yeah. Um, they don't replace those things. So there's things that they do not replace, but for the most part, but that pantry, I'll, get, I'll be honest with you, that is a very comprehensive pantry. I mean, there is a lot of food options in that pantry. And um, when we were doing Barbecue Brawl, uh, that pantry, uh, Food Network is known for their pantries. Um, they're known for a very extensive pantry on their game shows. And uh, there was a ton of stuff in that pantry, a lot of different kinds of equipment. Um, the only downside, there was one outlet per station. <laughs> you mean like electrical outlet? Electrical, there was one uh, dual electrical outlet uh, per station, and one of them had was plugged in with a, with a, uh, and there was no, like, you know, if you wanted to boil water, they had a, they had a, a kettle, like a water kettle, like a tea kettle <laughs> and it was electric and you had to, you, you know, if you wanted to use a, a, a like make a sauce for instance over, you know, uh, in a, in a saucepan, you could either do it on your kettle grill that you were cooking on over fire, or you could use a little, you know, burner that they had there that was, was plugged in. So you, you had to sort of, you know, juggle between, you know, cooking something on the stove and using a blender, for instance, or a Cuisinart or something like that, you know, as a, a food funny. processor. Yep. So it was, it was fun, but it was a lot of fun. And cooking next to Tuffy was a blast. And, uh, you know, because I love the guy. He's just awesome. So well, Speaking of a gentleman like that, got a question for you. In barbecue mm-hmm. or just cooking in general, who would you say was your icons? Who, who did you look up to for your cooking? In competition? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Well, in co- okay, let's just start here. Competition, because that's how a lot of people know me. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not saying this because I'm on your on your show. Uh, you, uh, David, were a huge influence to me. And uh, your products, your knowledge, uh, anytime that I would call, you'd answer. And I could tell that sometimes I'd call, and you'd be in the butcher shop, and there'd be saws going. And, <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? And, well, like, you, you. But you would take – you. You, would, you would take – 20 minutes out of your day to say, Hey, maybe try this with your brisket or, you know what I mean? Like something that's completely a departure from what you were doing at that moment. And, and how to use it, one of your products. So it's like, Hey, what do I do with the beef injection? What do I do with the pork condition? You think I can mix it with beer? Do you think it tastes good with apple juice? So you were one of them and still are to a certain extent. And, and, uh, but there was other people that I really, I mean, you know, there were so many people, I mean, local people here, other women, yeah, uh, that name I would look up them. to. If I mean, you, if Melissa, you don't mind naming them, we, I, yeah, I, I give kudos Co- I mean, where they're at. Yeah, Melissa Cookston. I mean, uh, uh, Danielle Domovsky. I mean, two uh, at that point uh, and t- to this day, uh, fierce, well known, powerful names in the barbecue world 
filled with knowledge. Uh, I mean, take the winnings aside. I'm talking about just the, the raw knowledge that those two women have and looking up to those two women who I'm friends with, and they're just amazing. And when we were on Pitmasters and knowing that Melissa was one of the judges and, and finding that out, I was almost in tears because this was my, this is, she's my idol. I mean, she's my mentor, my idol. This is a, this is a woman who I'm going to be able to cook with or cook for, I should say, she's going to eat my food. And, and I'm, I was like, I could not have been more determined to put out really good stuff at that point. So, I mean, a lot of different people I think were really influential to me. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of any more, any more names, but I'm sure there's a bunch of them that I'm well, not remembering, but, but I mean, honestly, there was just a, a, a number of people that were really influential to me that okay. I could call. I mean, Heath Riles, I would call him, uh, and I, and, and, uh, Malcolm Reed, I'd call him and he'd be able to take a couple minutes out of his day and, and, and talk to me and give me some ideas and some things to think about. I wasn't asking for secrets. I was just saying, Hey, what's going, you know, what do you think? What, what's, what do you think's happening? And what, what, what are things I can look for and, and how to approach this and that. And, and they would take time out of their day to do that. And, and I have since, as I've gotten a name for myself in barbecue, both as a competitor and, and, and since Ford as a person who teaches barbecue and who does demonstrations and things like that, I'm, I, I give back. Like, in other words, I, I help support teams out there with my products, just like you did with your products, just like other teams helped me with my, with their products and then knowledge. You know what I mean? I'll never call myself an expert, but if, if, if I can lend some knowledge or give somebody a, a certain, maybe a different viewpoint of how to, uh, how to create something and cook something, uh, then, then, then I'll do that. You know what I mean? Cause that's what y'all did for me and, and I'm playing it forward kind of thing. And, that's, uh, and it's so, yeah, there was a lot of people that were very influential that I looked up to and mentored. That's awesome. That is great to yeah, hear. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Cool. The one thing we really haven't hit very much on, and that's your classes. You said yeah. that you base with a uh, backyard type classes. Tell us a little bit about the con, not the concept, but the, the, the style of class. What do you do? Grilling or, or what? Yeah. What, okay. Yeah, sure. So what I do uh, first of all, they are backyard. My uh, my my uh, my sugars barbecue backyard pitmaster classes. Um, one of the things that you know, there's there's aspects to barbecue, right? We've got the competition world, and then we've got the backyarder world, right? The people that are kind of weekend warriors. These are the people that are just they're cooking on their pellet cookers and you know whatever it is. They're cooking on their kettles. They might have a you know a a, a, a gas grill that they're trying to figure out. And what I do is uh, throughout the course of the summer, um, I, have, I host a series of classes. These are just one-day afternoon classes. They're about five hours long. They, uh, and I, I, I cover certain meats, side dishes, things like that. I showcase how to prep some meats. You know, For instance, they'll do some ribs, some brisket, maybe some pork. And I'll show them how to select the meat, what to look for, uh, where I'm purchasing the meat. I, I want to make it accessible to them. So I'm, per, I'm buying meats at like Costco and, uh, you know, cash and carry things like that, where people around here have access to those, uh, those, uh, you know, grocery options. I don't want to spend money on a $200 piece of brisket, uh, you know, really nice, good Wagyu brisket to, to demonstrate how to do that when these people aren't going to spend that kind of money on brisket, especially if they don't know how to cook the thing properly. Yeah. So uh, I try to keep it very basic. Uh, we talk about fuel and fire. We talk about uh, temperatures and times and techniques. We talk about trimming. We talk about 
a lot of different like spice variations and what seasonings do. And uh, some of these people, they, they don't want to be competitors. They just want to know why their ribs are drying out. They just want to know how to tackle a brisket. They want to know the kind of ABCs of, of what to look for in a finished piece of meat. Yeah, they and want to I beat Bob. Some... They want to beat Bob next door. Is what their whole goal exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. And and uh, and then I try to make it fun. I get it interactive. Uh, we have some a couple of giveaways and things like that. Um, we talk about equipment. We talk about a lot of different things. And I teach. So I have some pellet cookers, uh, the Green Mountain Grill pellet cookers that I use. Uh, I worked with Green Mountain Grill for a little bit of time now, and uh, and I use those. I showcase some of those because a lot of times people are really using a lot of pellet cookers these days, especially backyarders. Uh, you know, kind of set it and forget it kind of thing. I use a kettle. I have an Argentina style um, grill that I use. And I also have my two big old hickory pits that I use for just cooking a lot of food, you know, because I usually have about 30 people in these, these classes and they're very affordable. They're $139 a person. They're, 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 it's just money well spent. Uh, I'm all about trying to answer a lot of questions and I want to make sure that they have a good value for their money, that they walk out uh, knowing a few things that they have their questions answered and uh, of course, they get fed, and, and we have we have a really good. It's a good afternoon. So, so do you do this at your doing. house? Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, my base of operations, which uh, my backyard. Uh, we I've got a commercial kitchen that I rent, and I use that for my business. But in my home, uh, we've got I've got some uh, some pits set up in the back area, this back deck area that we have, and we can host about thirty people there. So it's it's awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah. The. Uh... You said how many of them you try to do a year? I didn't catch that. We, I try to do uh, between four and six uh, a okay. season a, a year, uh, and then it, the rain gets sideways and it gets cold or it gets dark early, so um, we got to put a kibosh on that. And then I try to volley. You know, I, I'm 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 juggling the classes between catering events and you know um, other stuff that I've got going on, demos for my products, and uh, you know, so it's it's a busy season for me. That's for sure. I'm getting ready for it. It's, I'm about to pull the trigger here yeah. pretty soon. It's, um, you know, you know how that goes, right? First yes. of the year, and it's off to the races. Of Real course, you're quick. retired now. You've got nothing but time, right? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Here we go. <laughs> um, no, I don't know if you're even aware of this. Uh, this last year, I bought a warehouse uh, a couple miles from my house, a couple miles from where the restaurant is, actually. And we've been doing our own distribution distrib- uh, distribution of our products, um, yeah. marketing like that. Next week, I'm headed to a big trade show in Indianapolis. Um, I'll be gone four days for that. So it's been really great having this facility uh, um, locally. Yeah, that's We're- awesome. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm learning the ins and outs of the products. I'm learning the ins and outs of retail. Uh, that's new to me, and. Uh, of course, you've been at it for a while and trying to look at trying to get my product out on the national stage and what that entails, costs, you know, outlay, um, because, you know, the, the market's saturated. And then the thing with the products is that I'm not trying to market to competition barbecuers because competition barbecue is is a very fickle yeah. scene. Uh, yeah. If you're winning, they want your product. If you're not, they you're yesterday's news. So I'm really trying to market to the everyday barbecue, you know, I, I, I'm putting out good products with. I think you've got the right outlet, especially with the classes you're teaching. If you got 30, 35 yeah. people, um, times yeah, three, four, five, I, I think that's the biggest growth. I could see you reaping out of it. Is that right there? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we, co- we can't, you know, people ask me, con- you know, competition questions periodically and, and I'll answer them, whatever. But what I'm doing is not, 
competition stuff. And, you know, I want people to enjoy what they're, what they're eating and, I don't want to get super technical about it. I mean, I used to teach competition classes. There were two-day classes. They were really involved, very intensely, you know, information-heavy classes. And, uh, you know, and for me, and, and it, there were tell-all classes. I mean, I didn't hide anything, whatever it was. And But I, I kind of lost lost taste, lost taste the taste for that. You know, I like doing the backyard classes. They're a lot of fun. Would you say your backyard classes are backyard classes, sorry, backyard classes slash with the competition influence of flavors? I think you could say that. I mean, when I do ribs, for instance, I'm showing people how to, that the same kind of ribs as I would do in a contest. I'm wrapping them and I'm putting the brown sugar on, I'm putting all this stuff on them. And when I unwrap them and people eat them, they just get blown away because to a certain extent, these people have never seen ribs done that way. They just put them on the, grill you know what i mean they just yeah. until they're they're kind of french fried up and they you know and they so they, <laughs> they're uh you know it and when i when i show them the good pullback and when i show them and they're beautiful and they're 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 they're, they're nice mahogany on them and they're glistening with glaze on them and they're sweet and they're slightly smoky and these people just lose their minds and because they've never seen anything like that but as far as like chicken and brisket, no, I'm not doing a whole lot of stuff with, I'm really, I'm, I'm keeping it in a very kind of a basic way. Okay. Uh, you know, I want them to, because unless you're in it and you see it happening and you're practicing it week in, week out, you could get very intimidated by all the, the things you're looking for, the variables you're looking for in competition barbecue, you know, as well as anybody how the brisket's pulling, how it's eating, how it's chewing, what the tenderness, the the, the moisture value, and all the rest of that stuff, uh, what it's going to look like in a box, et cetera, and then times four other meats, three other meats. So with backyard barbecue, I just want it to be fun. I don't want it to be intimidating but for people. I don't want it to be – I want them to go, hey, you know what, I'm going to – now I know how to cook a tri-tip. You know what I mean? And I've had – wives call me afterwards and email me going, thank you so much. My husband, the food's gotten a lot better. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Well, Let me know when you're having right another there. class. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. 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 I, I, I get that periodically. It's great. Well, we've mentioned uh, throughout this whole podcast, uh, business, business, a little of this, a little yeah. of that business. Okay. In your business of sugars, barbecue, be it the, dry spices you sell, the classes, um, personal appearances. How are you marketing Sugar's Barbecue? What You know what I'm saying? You're, you're a barbecue pit master, all-star. You are a chopped champion. Are those some of the key words that you may be using? You know, uh, I'm trying to use them, and I'm learning the, the art of marketing. I am no expert in the world of marketing. So uh, I'm I'm learning and I'm trying my best. You know, the I, I got on to Instagram this past year and started to use it uh, more as a business tool, and I'm still learning how to do it. Uh, I wear a lot of hats with my business, and so uh, I'm learning very quickly that I can't do it all, and I need to sort of divvy up my, um, you know, my uh, responsibility list especially delegating to those that are really good at what they do, especially with social media, because like it or not, you can't escape social media. It's the way people do things these days. It's the way people market, the way people gather information. 
communicate, connect, et cetera. And so uh, my goal for this year is to really uh, do more with marketing. Uh, you can't just rest on your laurel, laurels. You can't just wait for reruns to happen on TV for the phone to ring. You really got to put your name in people's people's faces. And so I'm learning that. Uh, there's still more that I need to do. Um, there's certain areas I've definitely fallen down on, and I've let other things take the place of it, and I've lost my attention for that. But I'm learning. And uh, yeah, there's just so much you've got to figure out and so much – there's so many things you've got to juggle and you've, and you got to keep up on it because in in a month, what's going, you know, what's happening now, it's, it's people's attention spans are very short. They'll forget about you. So you got to keep putting your name in people's faces. So I'm learning, uh, you know, I've got my website up, uh, that I read, that I redid, uh, Facebook pages, um, of course, Instagram, sugars, barbecue on Instagram and, uh, and then advertising locally, word of mouth, putting pitmaster in front of people's faces, putting, you know, grand champion in front of people's faces. And, and a lot of times, and then of course my reviews, I mean, we're hundred percent five-star reviewed uh, on Google searches. We're hundred percent five-star rated on Yelp uh, for our, for our, our product line and for our catering services. So that's really great, but you've got to keep up on it. And so the next stage of the game is for me to really kind of concentrate on what it takes to get marketing and to be a better marketer for what I'm doing. Because I've got a good product. I've got knowledge. I've got people that recognize who I am. Uh, I've got all the things that you want. Uh, but if I can't get myself out there, then it's no good to anybody. And it not, doesn't help me. Not on the only is cooking a full-time job, not only is catering a full-time job, but marketing is a full-time job. And we're only awake X amount of hours a day. Um, you are correct. That's the downside about it. And something's got to give. And yep. as a, I mean, let's be real. We, we got to go cook if we're planning on bringing the, bringing the, the check home. Um, mm -hmm. we, we've got to go, um, do the catering once we're there. I mean, there's just X amount of hours we're awake. Um, and that is generally the one thing that falls off. There's no doubt about that. You know, this, this business, uh, the sugar, I mean, my, my business, my, my passion, my love for doing what I do, uh, this business that has grown, it's grown bigger than me. And, uh, you know, cause it's, 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 it's one thing to just cook and have a good time cooking. And I still do. I love, you know, you're talking just a minute ago about this is business, 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 but that, at, but at the bot at the, at the end of the day, I love what I'm doing. I could not be in a cubicle looking at a computer screen all day. I love being out. I love cooking. I love getting paid to do it. I love meeting people. I love influencing people and inspiring people as I get inspired and meet people myself. And so, uh, and I love putting my product in people's hands so that they can utilize it and then they can get an idea of the flavors I'm trying to put out there yeah. and, uh, spread the love, so to speak, uh, fundraising, things of that nature. And, uh, so, with all that in mind, uh, to run it as a business is something that I'm learning. I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm an open book with, 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 with people's advice and, and, and hints and suggestions for how to, how to do this and how to do that. And what you said was very, very, very true. Uh, just because you're a real good chef, good cook, doesn't mean you're a good business person. Yeah. Just because you're might, it might be a great business person and you can make websites that the cows come home doesn't mean you can scramble an egg. That's right. So it, you, you know what I mean. So you've got, you, 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 
I'm learning that, hey, I'm good at certain things, but I can't do it all. you got to surround I'm, I'm yourself this, with those but, people, though. Yeah. 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 Well, Lene, it has and, and you know what, though? And you know what, David, too, is one thing I'm also learning, and I'm learning this the hard way. I'll be completely 100% yeah. honest with you. I'm learning the, the art of trusting because uh-huh. just like we talked in the beginning of this conversation, which when you're, when you're competing and I was competing by myself and you're, and you're, and you're, uh, uh, you're a, a control freak, right? You like everything in its place. This has to be here at a certain time. This has, and you, you and you get to the point where it's hard to trust somebody that's going to be able to do it the way you want it done. You bet. That's, and so fast right. forward, you ask fast forward all this way to where, what I'm doing right now. And you know, as a business and I'm learning to say, Hey, I need to trust people to let them do what they do best, that they're going to represent my passion, my thing that I've, I have cried over. I have bled over. I have sweated over, um, for years at this point and be able to know that they're going to represent it well. And they have, they have my, my passion with what they're doing and how they're going forward with marketing my brand, my business. And I'm learning that David, I'm learning it and I'm, and I'm, and it's, and it's challenging. It's, I'll be honest with you hundred percent. It's challenging. Yeah. And that's, and it's, it's a, you know, so it's, yeah, it's turning the keys over to your operation to a certain point yep. because yeah. that's exactly what it is. And, and I agree wholeheartedly. It's, yeah, it's, it's part of being an entrepreneur and it's a part of, if, because I've seen it, I've seen it happen with with businesses that have that have thrived, where uh, people surround themselves with people that know what they're doing, and they let them do what they do, yeah. and 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 they reap the benefits of it. They thrive and they become successful and they expand. Yeah. Uh, because you've seen this too in your in your tenure, you've seen companies grow real quick and then they fail because there's no infrastructure, or or whoever it is gets burned out, and you can't burn out. Uh, because then you're no good to anybody. And then you can't do those basic things like cook to put food on the table because you're burned out. Yeah. All right. It has come to this part of our show where we take one of these great big injectors we have here in the warehouse. We inject you with a podcast truth serum. I'm going to ask you a slew of questions and you have to ask truthfully because it's in your blood. Okay, now, if you're not fixing this, are you a breakfast person, a lunch person, or dinner person? I love breakfast. All right. For breakfast, are you a decaf or a regular coffee drinker? Oh, regular all the way around. Good and strong. (laughs) All right. Now, since this is a food-based conversation... um, Mm -hmm. I can't say it's a chopped style, but you're going to have to put your quick thinking hat on. I'm going to list off a handful of foods, one at a time. Tell me what your first spice or herb that you would grab to season it with. All right? Go for it. All right. You said breakfast, so let's go with eggs. Pepper. Some kind of seafood. Uh, Any kind of seafood, probably uh, some fresh herbs like dill, parsley. Okay. Fried potatoes. Uh, Salt, pepper, garlic. Pork chops. Uh, Sage, salt, and pepper. Grilled vegetables. And I specifically said grilled. We're going to grill them. 
sure. Uh, probably some salt, pepper, and some uh, probably some some oregano. What's your favorite steak? Whatever that is. Oh man, a ribeye, medium rare ribeye. Okay. The next one will be tofu. Uh, I, meaning what kind of what, what kind of spice? Kind of tofu what do you like? put on it? Spice. Oh, oh, for spice. I'm sorry. Uh, tofu probably would be uh, probably some chili powder, salt, pepper, a little bit of cumin. Okay. Last one, spam. Probably brown, probably brown sugar and cinnamon. Wow, that is awesome! I wouldn't have thought of that. That okay? I'm in with you. That's why yeah, you were we, on all their shows, Lene. That is awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, I, it, because it's salty and it's and it's, it's ham. hammy it's and ham. and it That's works right. with something sweet and kind of yeah. kind of sweet notes, baking right. spices. Well, well, thanks for playing yeah. on that. That was fun. I love it. All right. Well, this kind of kind of concludes everything I wanted to go over. Anything you want to talk about or, or bring up? Well, you know, not to be a, sound like a broken record, but just because, just to thank you for all these years of you're supporting me and Sugar's Barbecue and and doing what you do for the the greater good of barbecue. I mean, you've been such an influence to so many all these years. I mean, your products speak for themselves. People are still out there using them. Uh, you know, it's just it's pretty incredible. So. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say about that. I mean, you're just—I just thank you so much, David. And well, Lene, thank uh, you. all these years, I've also—I've also felt I felt so bad for getting your name wrong on Pitmasters. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's. I funny. have never, I have never forgotten about that, and I will never. I will always continue to kick myself for that. And uh, but uh, now, man, in all seriousness, now it—it—you've been amazing, and thank you so much for for everything you do and. Thank you for having me on your show. And you, there's a lot a lot of better things you can do with your time, but you're spending a little bit of time with me, and I appreciate that. Well, we appreciate it. Tell our listeners, especially if they're up in the northwest section of the United States, where they can find Sugar's Barbecue, Lene, Oxley Loop, and or, or just look you up to, to book a catering, a class, or, or to know when you're, where you're going to have classes. Tell everybody where they can get a hold of you www.sugarsbarbecue.com. That is my, my number one way of getting a hold of me. You could drop me a line, fill out a contact information. Uh, I have my products for sale. Uh, you can order. We, I ship nationwide. Uh, you can book me for a catering, get some quotes, things like that. You can follow me in on, on Instagram, sugarsbbq on Instagram. Of course, sugarsbarbecue spelled out on uh, Facebook. And then Lene Oxley Loop on Facebook as well. So a lot of different ways of getting a hold of me uh, and uh, – I look forward to chatting with you guys and getting connected. And if uh, if I can uh, be of any help with anybody, you just let me know and I'll take care of you. Lene, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. And I want to tell all the listeners, we appreciate your time that you've put into taking Butcher Barbecue Podcast with you wherever you're driving, listening, working out, whatever it is. We just want to say thanks a lot. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.